Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your home for all things strange and unusual, Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your hosts, Vic Waitley. And Mark SD. And guys, joining us in the studio today, we have the lovely, the fantastic, the wonderful Ellie Waitley. Yeah, they basically kidnapped me. Yeah, you don't come on nearly often enough. We'd love to have you more often. Absolutely. The last time we got your fantastic presence was when me and you did that uh, episode on the Athurius Society. Just just so you guys know, I am constantly, constantly having to tell him that he's not allowed to join the Athurius Society or I will tell his wife. They have a headquarters up in Michigan, man. We could go see them. He is two steps away from running away and joining a cult on an average day. I tweet them all the time telling them they need to make t-shirts. I would absolutely buy an Ethereum Society t-shirt. I am fully aware of your obsession and I'm monitoring you. I want to be able to harness love and positivity as a weapon. I mean, who who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that sounds cool. But I don't think you're going to get what you want. Yes, yes. Oh, man, I am so excited. Guys, normally, uh, you know, for what we've been doing so far, we would have a guest. Like, this is when we would have a guest on uh, just in order to talk about some sort of topic. And, I, and Ellie, uh, well, we've already had two guests already kind of come on and already help us out with, uh, with some episodes. So I thought today we would just instead talk about something that's been happening in December, but we haven't had a chance to talk about. Yeah, and also we need someone who's a little more, you know art smart yes. than we are. Ellie, you are our resident art expert. Okay, let's tell them what we're drinking today. Okay, today, what we are drinking, we are drinking Shiner Candied Pecan. And just so you guys know, the way I discovered this was um, Ellie's father came by to spend some time with us for the holiday, and he bought a six-pack of this, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so good, I have to get some for the show. Mm. I'm going to try one of these. See, and you were all wanting a to make sure that we had a, a bottle opener. And these are twist tops. Like yeah, they, I didn't realize these were twist tops. You don't look at this and think, oh, that's going to be a twist off. Well, I imagine with your, like, tiny, you know, tiny little arms that you might need, like, a can opener to <laughs> get Whose arms are you looking at? Did <laughs> I not have to help you get a bottle of wine open, good <sighs> sir? I was in mourning. <laughs> I was emotionally weak. That doesn't affect your arm strength. But, like, how are these tiny? They're like, they're like those tentacles that shoot out of a freaking squid. Wait, what? I mean, that, that, that's pretty good. No, well, you're wearing black, and that's very slimming. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very slimming color. Maybe that's the reason why I thought it was okay, so Okay, okay, cheers, you guys. Cheers, 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 cheers to all of you. Oh, yes, yes. Cheers to all of our listeners. Thank you. So? It tastes like a liquefied pecan pie. Yeah, it really does. Mm. <laughs> Out of beers that people have surprised me with lately, this is probably my favorite one. I like this. I like this. I normally don't like... Is this dark beer? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if it was that or just the bottle was dark. I normally don't like dark beers. They're usually too bitter, but the pecan 
is really good. Oh yeah, it, uh, it has a really really strong mm. pecan finish to it. Absolutely. Oh god. Yeah, it, it really feels like afterwards you've bit into a piece of pecan pie. All right. So, I thought we could go over some of the comments from our last uh, episode that we did, Technology the of Immortality. Which, by the way, was a fantastic episode where me and Vic got to talk about all of the different types of technologies and how it might help us live longer. Sir Knight Yeet said, Y'all should play Cyberpunk 2077. Hell to the no. If I wanted to play a glitchy game like that, I would get out my glitched game of Pokemon Red. Okay, almost every... Well, first, that's a cool thing to have. Yeah. But almost everyone I know who's played it has done nothing but rave about it. I actually... I usually don't do the sci-fi games. I'm usually more of a fantasy gamer. But I do kind of want to play this. And I think he's right. We should. Uh, okay. Matt, it's me. So two words. No thanks. I agree. Using any form of technology <laughs> to extend your life way too long. Either A, just slowly just turns you into a robot, or traps your brain inside a computer. Well, yeah, I mean, like, CRISPR, CRISPR's kind of scary. It's amazing that we humans have figured out how to use it, but it's kind of scary. And anything involving putting your brain in, like, your mind being downloaded into something, I am hell to the know about, because, I, like I said, I don't think that's still you. Now, Cyborg, I might do Cyborg. But, yeah, the rest of them, solid no. Creepy California, super fan, says, I've heard stories from the part of Mexico where my family originated from that there is a fountain of youth or a spring, I guess, but if for it to work, you would have to pour blood of someone young first, then drink from the spring to gain youth. Now, the question is, how much blood are we talking? Like, are we talking like a pinprick, or are we talking like draining an artery here? And like, young, how, like, what context do we really have to say young? Are we talking like young, like, 40s, you know, like 2020? Are we talking like young back in like, you know, the 1800s where the average life expectancy was like 30? <laughs> so like, I don't know how young that's going to be. Either way, I think this might still be a bad idea. Tyler Durden says... Vic, your point on the teleporter problem and brain scans remind me of a strong, remind me strongly of the video game Soma, as well as the altered carbon stack technology. Both deal heavily, both deal heavily with what could arise from a digital record of one's consciousness. Yeah, I've always found stuff like that to be really uh, eerie. Like, especially like as soon as I found out how teleporters are supposed to work in Star Trek, I'm like, no, 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 no. Izzy28 says, any type of immortality that involves transferring your consciousness into another body or object of some type, I say is a big no because of the high risk of factors as humans. Even if we do advance in the future, there is always the strong fact we don't know anything about the afterlife and how it works. Agreed. Yeah. What if it's like early windows where it's like <laughs> glitchy or something or, you know, your brain just disappears for just some unknown reason? Okay. I got an example of why the up upgrading would be a big problem. I had a digital upgrade, you know, like your your computer just has to do them every so often. And then the only browser I could use was Yahoo. I freaking hate <laughs> using Yahoo. And I would hate something like that to happen to my brain. Your, your brain runs Ask Jeeves whenever oh. you're trying to come up with an idea now. <laughs> Who, who's this butler I keep thinking about? <laughs> 
Uh, man, as always, guys, thank you so much for the comments. We always love appreciating uh, any comments that you guys uh, leave. So for this episode, don't forget to leave your guys' comments so that we can go over them in the next episode. But I say we jump into today's episode. I thought today, guys, we could talk about... Pterodactyls. Pterodactyl the... sightings in the modern day. You that almost, is what we're talking you about. You almost made me swear. <laughs> and we try to keep this clean. I almost dropped like, an F-bomb like right there. We're and gonna... he, he raised up his hand like he was going to hit yes. me. He did not like yes. that. My much stronger You are not stronger than arms. me. You are... <laughs> My much stronger mas. Yeah. Uh, all right. So... It's all that lack of cardio I do. Anyway, I thought we could talk about... Are you going to interrupt me? No. No, I'll okay. tell you. I thought we could talk about the monoliths. The monoliths that have been popping up all over December. Because, again, we're ringing in the new year. So, I wanted to wait until the end of December until we actually saw how many of these monoliths had popped up all over the world that we could finally talk to them and kind of get to the bottom of them and give you guys our thoughts on what's been going on with this. Although, someday I would like to cover pterodactyl sightings. While I was out of town taking care of my father, when I got back, Marcus was just kind of all over these monoliths. And keep in mind, this is something that had totally bypassed me. I was not aware of these at all, so he started throwing all this stuff at me, and he was clearly very, very excited about it. He kind of pulled me into the story as well. I do. I, you know, I love, I love like new phenomena. I love new things that that come up. You know, you always feel like you're like on the cutting edge of something in the paranormal that's going on. And I know that there's a lot of, like, explanations and stuff on a lot of the monoliths that popped up, but there's some of them that are just unexplainable. And, you know, the earlier that you that you get in the story of the monoliths, it gets more unexplainable. And, you know, there's even some cool, I think, comments that we can bring up over the whole phenomenon itself of what it sparked, I think. But it am you know, so this all started, and if you guys are not familiar with this phenomenon, it all started uh, on November 18th in 2020. There was uh, some state biologists from the Utah Division of Wildlife and Resources that were apparently monitoring sheep. Longhorned goat, I think. Longhorn, bighorn. I think it was bighorn big, sheep. Bighorn sheep. There big, we go. Bighorn sheep. I said sheep. You, you, you were apparently correct. Yes. Spotting them from a helicopter. And they were, they were in the helicopter, and they saw, like, this weird strange monolith just sticking out of the ground like this 10 foot tall steel beam just sticking up out of the ground uh they went down to check it out uh they went down to check it out it's about 10 feet tall with triangular metallic sides uh each width about 23 inches and whatnot so uh if you're trying to get a, a, a visual of this if you haven't seen this think uh stanley kubrick's 2001 space odyssey you know like cue in the music that plays like the dawn of time and all that um and shortly after that, uh, that they came forward with this, like right after this particular monolith came up, dozens of these started popping up all over the world. Oh God! And I, I thought it was just so so interesting because the very first one that started it was was this one that was in was this one that was in Utah, and when people started digging into the one that was in Utah, the weird thing that they found about it was that. Obviously, this monolith, even though the monoliths that popped up all over the world started popping overnight, the original one had been sitting in Utah since, like, the earliest was, like, August of 2015, the latest of it being October of 2016. So this thing has just been sitting for four or five years in the desert with nobody saying why it's there. 
Okay, this is kind of your baby. Where do you want to start? Okay. Um, well, for one, I want to say that it's unfortunate because you can't go visit this anymore because not too long after this thing was, was up, it wasn't even like, even though it had been sitting there for like four or five years, it wasn't even until a couple days after that people started talking about this that like four dudes in a truck showed up to just dismember this thing and just haul it away. Okay, and they they said some really peculiar things to the onlooker. Like there's one guy out there, he's kind of a uh, full-time adventurer, canyoneer, and wildlife photographer. Mm -hmm. And he happened to catch what was going on. And to the best of my knowledge, that's how the story got out of how it was taken down. But they said some pretty peculiar things to him. Yeah, they're saying stuff like leave no... Oh, they they were encouraging him to to take pictures and videotapes of what they were doing because they were they were yelling stuff like leave no trace, uh, leave no trace, this is trash and all that was what they were... I know as far as I know... This is what happens to people who leave trash, trash in the desert yeah. or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they were like just some... I don't know if they were like some sort of extreme... Like, just wilderness people that were, like, or conservationists that were out there or something? I've heard some rumor that, like, um, they were wanting to preserve the area. They are worried about people coming out in, like, um, you know, trashing the place with it becoming a tourist site. I've also heard rumors that um, it might have been, like, a conservational thing because they didn't want humans, like, wandering around these canyons and getting lost. <laughs> also, they might have just been part of the performance piece. That is also true. I agree. I agree. Um... <laughs> Because, I mean, if you if you look at all of the other ones that have popped up in the month in the month of December that has happened, almost all of the ones that are explainable, which is like 98% of them, but, you know, are put up generally in parks where the play, they want to create tra foot traffic. You know, there's even that one that I think it was in Pittsburgh that was in front of a candy shop. It was a candy shop or an ice cream shop. Because uh, they were trying to, to pick up on this viral fame that had been going on. And... You know, I, I think that's somewhat of a legitimate reason about why you would not want that. Because I could see a bunch of dumb adventures trying to just trick out there to see what it is and just trashing this place up. I could see us doing that. Well, yeah, but we're not going to leave garbage laying around. Oh, that's true, we're that's doing. true. You know. You might. Yeah. Shortly after that that one in, uh, in Utah started up, people started trying to give explanations to to what to how it got there right that was what started popping up but everybody has to do like you know that's what humans are prone to do what what caused it why was it there why was it just sitting there the first uh the first uh, thought that that people thought, thought that uh it was placed there by an artist uh john mccracken uh who, died, uh, who did similar Artwork to that? Yeah, he's really into like sci-fi and UFO stuff, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He had a piece called McCracken's Fair that he built, I think, shortly before he passed away. Um, and didn't he even talk about um, wanting to leave art hidden in places it would take people a long time to discover? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I absolutely think that was. However, the problem was, was again, uh, you know, he dies in like 2011 and people only speculate that it's been there since like 2015 or 2016. So this is four years after the fact. So, in order for it to have been that, it would have had to have been probably some sort of copycat artist in order to do it. Hmm. Okay. Are you ready to start opening up this discussion? I agree. Yeah, yeah, I want to. I don't think it's aliens. I know a lot of people have thrown out <laughs> aliens. I really don't think it's aliens. Ah. 
because I look look at the construction of it. it. It's not some sort of like anomalous solid piece of steel that would have been too like the, these things are riveted together. There, there's nothing in the design that makes me think it would take any technology beyond human technology. It, I, I just want to throw that out there. It has a plywood frame. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm not saying aliens couldn't master the use of plywood. I'm just saying would they? What you don't think that this is something kind of like. The Nazca lines down in South America or crop circles where they're communicating back to us by placing them there? Well, the thing is, like, I could see it being something like that because, like, the Nazca lines were probably created by people. Now, what they were trying to communicate to may have been something alien. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not saying there's not something mysterious about this, but I think its construction was done by humans. Mm-hmm. But I think that if this was something that was done by humans you know, for people to find later, like, I, I think I have a hard time believing that, that because that, the where this was placed was, like, way out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, this thing sat for five years without people being able to find it, you know? And I, and I, and I think that, like, even if you look at, like, those guys that, like, do, like, those, like, rock stack art things that they do, like, they can't even leave that, let that stuff linger for a while. They still take photos of that so people can see where it is because it's likely nobody's going to be able to find it. Well... Okay. Just because it was done by an artist doesn't mean it wasn't someone who was necessarily a stable part of the artistic community. Many people create art for like reasons to, you know, develop fame, become a professional artist. My first thought is, could this be the work of an outsider artist? Yeah, I think people try to speculate that this might have been done. Because right after this was became like famous, became viral, there was an artist, Matty Moo. The world's most famous artist that you've never heard of. I don't think Matty Mo did it. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think he did. He like he claimed. Uh, he started posting on his Instagram saying that he put that there and that you can even like you can buy monoliths. That was weird. I, I was I was looking at their website and, and like they were selling these monoliths for like thirty thousand dollars. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I can get you a better deal on a monolith. I could probably <laughs> I can get you one for like you know a hundred bucks tops. <laughs> But you can put up in your backyard. But I, Matty Mo would still be considered, I believe, to be a more or less mainstream artist. I'm not an expert on it, but like, what if this was done by like someone who's just straight outside the artistic community with motives that would not be considered? Could you could you give us a definition of an outsider artist? Okay, so an outsider artist is someone who's not like classically trained in art, and they don't really run in the circles of the art world. So they tend to make the most amazing and absurd and sometimes disturbing works I've ever seen in my life. Like what? Uh, oh my god, tell him about that. Oh <laughs> that my god, crazy I don't, guy. I don't remember his name. Crap, I'm going to have to look this up. But um so he would take cutouts from magazines and storybooks and postcards and stuff like that and paste them together into these weird sort of utopian landscapes full of frolicking children and flowers and things like that and then just over time they progressively got darker and weirder and he still used the same source material and it's really upsetting because like he would find like a picture of a child's face that he really liked Mm -hmm. and he would just photocopy it over and over and over and over and over again to keep using it in all of his works so you see the same child, like, in one of his early arts, just frolicking through a field with a bunch of other children, and you find another later where, like, they're being piked. 
And it's like <laughs> clearly from the same picture, like traced from the same picture. Do so, people pay money for stuff? No, like no, no. This? this is a crazy guy who just did this. Like none of this was discovered until he was like dead. Like he just made all these murals and books and drawings and just stored them in his little one room shack. So he just took that like kindergartner collage glue stick projects that we all had to do and just ran with that for yeah, the rest of his life. Like, could this be a artistically inspired, somewhat crazy person who just went out there and made this piece and just left it there because okay. they didn't care if he it was ever discovered. Okay, I found him. His name's Henry Darger. And um, I'm sorry I can't share it with the listeners, but um, let's see. Oh, here we go. A Children's Crusade. The hell is that? <laughs> oh, yeah, D Darger's stuff is weird as heck. I'm really glad people don't pay money for stuff like that. We'll put oh, that up. No, we'll actually, people pay a lot of money for his work. Well, yeah, what? after he died, his work became famous. Because it's so weird and so strange. And now Darger works are, like, valuable. I'm so terrible at commenting on stuff, like, on art and stuff. <laughs> We're in the wrong. And every time I see stuff like Andy Warhol's, like, soup can thing, I just get madder Well, oh, I and hate madder. Warhol. Okay, I hate modernism, so well, I'm with you. I just, I hate all that kind of, I hate all that kind of, like, that type of art where it's, like, they do, oh, my God. Like, my dad was telling me about a time that he went to a museum and he went. He walked into a room, and the piece of art was called a red piece of yarn at a ninety degree angle. And it was an entire room in an art museum, with a piece of red string from one corner of it to the other. Yeah, that sounds terrible. But what? Wait, but that's not all art. Think about like some of the wonderful works of medieval art. I freaking love medieval art. Oh, sorry. I was I'm sorry. I got off on a sorry. I got off on a tangent about how much like people pay for some of this like modern art stuff and it's making oh God. yeah postmodernism is well this Manny Mo gets, awkward this guy Manny Moe is charging $40,000 yeah. for people to literally yeah, make dumb. make a massive and then he claims credit for putting it out there and the thing the reason why I don't think that Manny Mo put that out there and I'm telling you because his whole concept is designing stuff to go viral why would you leave something there for five years that's not the whole point of it going viral. It's 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 new. It's like it's quick. You do something so for it to take off like right now. But yeah, and that's most artists want to get some form of accolade for their work. That's why I'm thinking if we are taking the assumption that this is an art piece, it would be someone like an outsider artist or a gorilla artist. What's a like a gorilla with a paintbrush is what I'm getting from or this. Or the the one that that only speaks in sign language and stuff. <sighs> No. You guys, you guys see why we had to bring Ellie in on this, no. right? Is this one of the gorillas with a kitten? <laughs> no, Coco is not out there erecting monoliths in Romania and Utah. No, I would uh, pay for Coco's art. That would be, or, that would be awesome. Uh, no, uh, a gorilla artist is someone who goes into a space that um, they're not allowed to be making art in and does it anyway. Think like um, the the classic example is like graffiti artists. Think, I, I do like graffiti. Think like Banksy. Right. Think about the people who, um, like, there are different subsects, but there are, like, people who uh, take over billboards and change the message because, you know, the ad the advertisers don't ask permission to be seen, so you shouldn't have to ask permission to uh, deface it. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. Um, but um, this, honestly, the fact that a lot of these are in kind of, like, protected or heritage mm -hmm. sites... Mm -hmm really makes me think of a gorilla artist and it's kind of a weird stretch but follow me here kind of like the uh portland horses 
Are you guys familiar with these? I have never Portland. heard of the Portland horses. I'm looking up Portland horses as we speak. Portland. Okay, I can explain it faster, but you go for it. Okay. Okay, so in Portland, there are these little horse rings uh, on the sidewalks back from the day when horse-drawn carriages were like the only mode of transportation. Uh-huh. And for some reason, the people of Portland really like them. They enjoy them being there. And an artist started hooking up uh, little plastic toy horses to these rings to draw attention to them because it's part of the heritage of the city. And so other artists saw this and they're like, oh my gosh, that's great. So they started putting horses on all of them, adding like little bales of hay, putting little riders on the horses. It just became this whole like community art thing to draw attention to these little bits of the history of the town that everybody overlooked all the time. And now they actually passed it so that if in like doing some construction or anything, you disrupt one of these, you have to replace it. This is the most adorable thing that I have ever seen. Let, let me see, let me see. Like, they're just little tiny horses. Oh, the, okay, they're bigger than I thought they were going to be. That Wait. one's a tiger. So someone didn't know the difference between a horse and a tiger. No, these are tiny. These are 80, this is amazing. I love that. That's hilarious. This is great. But yeah, it kind of gives me like that sort of feel where they're putting in something to draw attention to this site that mm-hmm. is easily overlooked. And so, so many of these monoliths were placed in places of like historical or or uh, like in historical places. Like the ones in Romania were placed there. Uh, a lot of the ones in California were placed there. Oh man, the ones in uh, in Canada were were all placed in these in these parks and stuff like that for people to do that and and uh, and it did. I mean, this is something that just took off like wildfire of people making them all over the all over the world in places that are incredibly that are incredibly important. And I thought that was really cool. You know, I think that's going to be interesting because I'm I'm wondering from this that I know that we've put that people have put these monoliths in places that are easily found i'm wondering you know as time goes on if we're going to be finding some of these monoliths in places that are way out there like similar to the one that was in utah do you think that there's a chance that there is more to the monolith thing than just art Do you think like there's some actual gravitas behind it? So some truth to the mystery of it. In 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 its orig, in its original sorry in its original idea or what it's become. Well, let's just say, do you think there's any grain of true mystery in there? True mystery? Oh yeah. Like outside I mean, of who made them? Uh, why? You know why? Why would you do something like that? Why would you play something? Because, again, I think even if you were trying to place some sort of, like, art piece out there, I think you could do better than a monolith. I mean, yeah. I mean I'm mean, i not saying that it's not, I'm not saying that it's not cool, but, I mean, you could do better. It, it's a specific choice. Mm-hmm. And very specific choices usually have some sort of purpose behind them. So... I'm not sure what the meaning is they're trying to get at, but I know they have something they're saying. Yeah. Uh, what about, what if what they're trying to express is less a matter of art and more of a means of communicating something cryptically? Think Cicada. What if, <laughs> what if, like, because, okay, when I was doing my research on this, 
I'm like, okay, I see how people have perceived it, but what if they're missing the point? What if there's some sort of hidden code to this whole thing and that <laughs> it's some sort of insanely advanced logic game for only like a handful of people to pick out the details and start like, or pursuing the strings. Like this could have been some sort of global scavenger hunt thing or like great race sort of thing that like very few elite people would have known about. Now, the fact that you just brought up the word cicada, that means they're listening to this episode. Now, I, I, think, cicada. You got, you I got, think you guys are cool. You guys are fantastic people. We we appreciate all of the work that you guys do. Please I mean, don't we don't know what us. it is, but no, we yeah, appreciate I'm sure, it. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's important. Thank For you. those of you who don't know, it was kind of like this cryptographic amazing race put on by a secretive global think tank, with the understanding that people who get a certain or or so far in this experiment gets recruited to this global think tank, and they basically just go off the grid. And we don't know what the think tank was for or if it's still around or anything like that. But the puzzles were meant to be insanely hard, insanely difficult to pick up on. And Cicada started very subtle as well. And I'm almost wondering if this could be something along those lines. I mean, and it's not it's not uh, unbelievable that it could be something like that. There are for, I don't want to say bougie, for very... Uh, people with a lot of disposable income or, you know, that they do these sort of great race things where you're, you're looking for some sort of treasure. And sometimes the treasure is not even like cool. Like I know that there's like, uh, like treasure hunting, like clubs, where that's the whole thing you try to do is try to, you're uh, talking about geocaching, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Where people do stuff like that, where even in the end, the treasure may just be like a piece of chocolate gold coin. Like, it's not like the treasure yeah. itself. It's just the great race itself that's supposed to be thrilling to people. But I'm talking about, like, some sort of strange and unusual cryptographic group no. recruiting. No, it, I'm not saying that it couldn't be, like, amazing huge on that scale, but at the same time, it could also be some, something... I don't, I'm not going to call that mundane. I'm just going to... On the on the scale of those, I guess, it would be the mundane, where it's... Okay, so it could be geocaching anywhere up <coughs> to the secretive global intelligentsia. <laughs> you know, so, somewhere in there. <laughs> so, at least greater minds than us, I guess that, that do this. More adventurous folk than I than than us. I would than I would say. I like the one in Romania. The Rom the one in Romania was really really cool because it was the only other one other than California where people had no idea where it came from. Because the one in Romania that was placed there was very similar in design to the one that was in California, but it also had all, like all of these like engraved etchings and that's what made it stand out more than the other oh, one. Oh, I maybe I didn't take a good enough look at it. I thought that was just them someone getting a little sloppy on the buffing on the steel. It couldn't matter. That's just what they called it. I mean, but I think mean, it just looked different than what it was. It just looked different than what it let's was. Let's get let's get our art expert's opinion on it. Have you found a picture of it yet? Uh so this is the one in Romania? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it does have a different look to it. But, like, I thought it was just kind of a cruder, uh, cruder form of construction. Like, I'm, I'm having problems finding anything that's, Have like, you found close it? There to... you go. Okay. Uh, I mean, if that was an accident from sanding, they're really bad <laughs> at sanding. I think that was... Because there's two different uh, sizes in there, so I think it just was intentional or they were in a hurry and they're like, eh, good enough. But I, so it was either I, really intentional or really unintentional. Go. 
Okay, look at that. I, w- I would lean towards intentional on that. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's a secret code. I... Bomb, bomb, bomb. Sure. Or it was just they were trying to look cool. Maybe. I also got kind of a Georgia Guidestone feel out of the whole thing. Oh. Did you, did you not get anything like that? <laughs> I was going to say, I was, I was going to say more like the towels and tablets, but... I don't want to get too much, too much into those because that's, oh, com- that's complicated. The talus and tablets are really fascinating. Yeah, though. I know, but like we've already like been in here for like a half an hour talking about that. The talus and tablets deserve their own episode, but <laughs> maybe we can talk a little bit about it in like the the patron part <laughs> or something. Okay, the Georgia Guidestones. For those of you who aren't aware, I'm going to give you a real quick version of it. There are these large this large granite structure that was put up by someone using a code name. It was erected and they give these 10 commandments for going forward in the world and it's written in a whole bunch of different languages it's in georgia and there's a time capsule buried underneath like this large plaque but with no no order on when it should be opened Mm -hmm. and i kind of have a i don't know am i the only one getting this sort of vibe from these things Mm -hmm. i don't know i got more of like i got more of a I don't know. Like when I when I look at it, I get more of a I get more of a marker feel off of it more or less than than if it being some sort of like a guidestone. But that was made me think. What if the true purpose is not the monolith? Much like the guidestone with it having something mysterious buried underneath, what if what if the monolith is just an anchor to the area? But the true message is hidden someplace else. Like what? Like, uh, just to go back to like the guys was maybe buried ten feet underneath it is the real <laughs> mystery. Because it doesn't sound like whoever took down the original Utah monolith were the people who put it up, unless that was part of the performance art. No. What if like that was just a marker to the thing that's more important buried underneath it? Like there was buried treasure under that the whole time that's still sitting there now? Or something else. Or what if they're basically designed to act as antenna for some sort of global ley line energy? Not Have we looked up a map of ley lines? Oh, they're impossible to find a real one, but that, that's a neat idea. Like Maybe these were like antenna and you're supposed to bring out a radio and set it near it and you get a special signal or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I took this to a much, I think I took this to a much crazier place than everyone else did. <laughs> I mean, the, the monoliths speak to definitely that idea that humanity cannot handle mysteries. Like you have to, you just have to try to unravel it and, and make sense of why somebody does the things that they do. And that's I think that's one of the fun things about them is you just you play this what if game. Like until the like you just play the what if game until the end of time with it and it's just so enjoyable like doing that. Or you go out there and you start digging. <laughs> Replace the monolith and get a radio, see what happens. <laughs> Those rude, terrible people that came out and removed it. Yeah, you, you don't you know. even have to destroy it. Those guys will come back and take it down for yeah, you. Yeah. You only have to do half the work. Just yelling stuff like "Leave no trace" and stuff like that. I like the artists in California. The ones that was the one of the ones that was in California, where the guys like took it down, yelling like horrible obscenities and stuff like that. So the artists got pissed and just went out and put up another one just to spite them and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know. I like the gingerbread one. I like the That's my favorite one so far. I like the gingerbread one too. I thought that was I thought that was awesome too. 
There is a somewhat overlooked detail on the destruction of the Utah Monument that I wanted to bring up here. Mm-hmm. They didn't just take it down. They left a small kind of rock pile like structure there. Like where they stacked up the rocks where it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just an odd, peculiar little detail. Because if there are people there just to get rid of it, why not just go out and knock it down? Apparently they're kind of pushing it back and forth till it snapped. Why not just do that and go? Mm-hmm. Why spend the time like erecting the rocks there? Well, I mean, they did probably drive a good ways out there in order to do it. You know, they probably just wanted to, mm-hmm. you know. Stick around while they were out there. Well, we didn't want to make this a huge waste of time, so let's just stack up some rocks here. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if that jives. I don't know if that jives. It, it makes me feel like there's more to the story, at least implies that they were involved in some way, which would make sense with the odd things they had said. Because mm-hmm. why say leave no trace and then leave a trace? I mean... <laughs> you, you gotta admit there's there's an odd disconnect here the thing is when, when i when i'm pulling that thread to try to solve a mystery i look for the inconsistencies and that seems like a kind of a weird inconsistency doesn't it mm-hmm. leave no traces except for this one bam it's like the the, the what happened i don't know you know what if the reason why they, they put it up there was like the reason why anybody builds a monolith you know, like Egyptian monoliths or the Washington Monument, like it's a testament to something, or it's pl- it's it's built in honor of something. It's built in honor of something, like some sort of event or something. Okay, like, Ellie, just... you're you're the one who knows about Babylonia oh, and geez. things. Like the Egyptians got the monoliths from the Babylonian cultures, right? Well, the Egyptians built them in order, to, like, as like for important events, like like you know. Praising like their gods and stuff. Did they? I mean, I mean, the whole the whole idea of a monolith is actually like old, like it. It's basically just standing stones to a refined point. You find this in like every culture. Eventually, somebody realizes, hey, if you take this thing and stack it up this way, it imparts a certain amount of gravitas. And that's true. I, and I guess that these things do exist. Like the Romans had like what the penis ones. <laughs> Wait no no seriously like at like what was it at the intersection of rows they'd build these giant penis monoliths right what were those called that that's a thing right I didn't make this up did I okay guys for anybody that would like to build a monolith uh, in honor of us here at One Candle uh, I would prefer a more Utah shaped one <laughs> not a penis shaped monolith but I'd still appreciate it either well, way I'm pretty sure this is just a historical thing I just. I just want my preference on record. I'm not speaking I, for Vic or Ellie. I'm just, speaking, I, I, I'm just speaking for me. I do not want any dicks. <laughs> that was just an example. I, I guess I could have also went with like the South American stele being a very similar sort of design. Yes, you should have gone with that rather than Roman carved penises. <laughs> it, it's the weirdest one I could think of and thus clearly where my mind went. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I was think I I was just thinking. You now this was built in maybe in honor of like ending up Barack Obama's presidency or something like that, or maybe as a testament to the Native American cultures of Utah. You just went to penises. <laughs> you went to rock penis. That's where you. Yeah, that's where you went. I, I mean, it's not something I'm familiar with. I didn't um, really 
focus a lot on giant rock penises on giant in art. Rock penises. <laughs> I, I just remember, or, you know, statuary made by the Roman equivalent of the Department of uh, Works, but you know. I just remember, like, being in a classroom, listening to Patricia Akis back in college talk about these and the, like, bronze flying penises found in, like, some of the some of the temples. Okay, well, those I know about. I don't know about road penises, aside from, like, the little signs that point towards whorehouses, but... I, what, what was with the giant bronze... De describe these real quick for the listeners so they don't <laughs> think I'm crazy. I know okay. we're going a little off topic here, guys. Okay. Um, imagine a penis with little angel wings on it. Looks like it's flying. Yes, that's actually what it looked like. Yeah. Um, they were a way to, like, deter evil and curses and stuff. They were a protective amulet. So you would periodically see people with a flying penis pendant or, like, they would be outside their house or something. There were wind chimes just made of strings of these things. There you go. Want to break a curse? Get a flying penis. <laughs> Want to ward off ghosts? Just ghosts? Just wave a penis at it. That's. I mean, that seems like an effective deterrent for a lot of things. Like if somebody comes running at me, like flapping a dildo around, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> I... Man, we got adult very quickly with this, with this conversation <laughs> on monoliths and. Uh... Well, I mean, every monolith is phallic to an extent. Well, where yeah. do you think the conversation would end up? Where did I think? Well, I thought the conversation was going to end up talking about how during this massive pandemic, when everybody was trapped inside and we weren't communicating to each other, that every culture around the world erected a monument in a place of importance to them, and it brought us all closer together. I think as a as a global people in a really hard time. Nope. But y'all went. Y'all went to freaking penises. That's where y'all went. I'm I was. So that's where I was going. In, okay, in, make, in make your world we're all connected thing. I just did. That's where I was. I've been. I've been sitting on that for a while. I've been sitting on that for a while. You know, if there's one thing that art can do, it's being able to you know bring cultures together because it's something that we all do. I mean, it's you know it's the reason why we love like I love the paranormal so much. It's because every every culture in the world has something in the paranormal that we can share. We all have these sorts of stories and you know, the monoliths of 2020 have, have done that. It's brought the world closer together and it's been allow us to be able to share each other's culture. Even when we've all been inside. Okay. I want to throw out one last conversation. I know we're getting kind of tight on time. Copycats or coordination. Because I think one. we do ourselves dis a disservice if we just go, oh, it was probably copycats. And then just don't have the discussion. Oh. I think... I don't think the original one was a copycat of anything. I think it was placed there for a reason. I think that the one in... I think the other ones around the world have all been placed there by people. So I mean, I mean, I, I think that it's coordination, but I think it's court. I think I think most of them are coordinated by people to attract tourism to their place. I think that's what the vast majority of them are for. Not the first one. Romania may just have been like the second one that that sparked this whole coordination thing around the world. Maybe we can't prove that. I don't know because we still don't know who placed that one there. But the rest of them have all been just 
admittedly put up by certain people. So you think there might be a handful of people out there with a message, but most people are just trying to cash in on it? Yeah, but I don't think it's a bad cashing in on it. I don't think all of them are real. What I don't about think the all one in front of the candy store? Well, that one maybe. But I think with the ones placed in parks, I think are okay. I think it's okay to I think it's okay to cash in on what people were trying to do with some of these monoliths and stuff like that. I think that's somewhat okay. I think twenty twenty has sucked all around for everybody. That's true. That it's probably okay. But the first one, no, I don't think I don't think I don't think that that one is a copycat of anything. I think that was there for a reason. But do you guys have any other final thoughts on this? No, I think I've spoke my piece. I mean, I had like thirty minutes to prep for this, so. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but, but no. I... Yeah, we we did not tell Ellie we were doing this because that would have given her an opportunity to come up with an excuse for why she couldn't. That's right. We had to be like, "You're doing this today." So. Yeah, I was just informed you're doing this and you're doing the art part. So, oh, we knew you could handle it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. We hope that you guys had a good Christmas, a great New Year's. Let us know in the comments below what you guys think about the monoliths. Uh, what your guys' thoughts? Do you guys think that they were there by aliens? Do you think that they were placed there by some sort of mass coordinated effort that wasn't just for tourism? Uh, let us know. Uh, give us your interpretation. Uh, we always love to get your guys' insight. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And uh, for those of you that are our patrons, don't forget to stick around as we're going to slide into our Pillow Talk segment here in a minute. Uh, but until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. All right, guys. Now it's time to slide into the Pillow Talk segment of the podcast. Uh, for those of you that are joining us for the very first time, our Pillow Talk segment is where we continue on with the podcast for a little bit. Uh, but then we trail off. And if you would like to listen to the rest of this podcast, all you have to do is go over to our Patreon and sign up today. For as little as a dollar a month, you get all of the extended episodes of our podcast, as well as a bunch of bonus videos uh, that we put up for all of our patrons, which we super appreciate. Uh, but with that being said, let's let's talk about uh, some uh, another article that just popped up in, uh, oh, uh, in December. What? Real quick question. What? Okay, so I, I've been, like... Since we took a break from recording, I've been trying to figure out what the heck these, what did you call them, talisman tablets? The towels, the and tablets. They're, they were the the tablets that were the like they put they were on like they were like cut out pieces of like concrete. And they had a bunch of like weird mysterious writings on them. It was like a dude that was like putting them in with his car you, really late, late at night. You, you mean the Toynbee tiles? Damn it! <laughs> I, I'm not much better. I knew what you're talking about, but did not catch you calling it by the oh, wrong name. Sorry, but that, <laughs> sorry. I've been researching those for a, for a while because I really wanted to make them an uh, an episode, but apparently not well enough. No, well, oh, we could totally do an episode of Toynbee Tiles. They're, it's well, really interesting. Well, they're so oh God, they're, it's so it's such a complex thing, and it's it it will it will make you go crazy trying to research and get to the bottom of like what like what's behind the meaning of so many of those. I don't know. Maybe that was the plan. I came through my research on them pretty sane. No, no, you did not. No, you did, no, you didn't. No, you did not. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I mispronounced it. My bad. My bad. So okay, what do you guys think of the beers though? Before we get, I like the beers. I thought the I finished the whole beer. I did. I had to move on to, to diet soda now, but. Uh, I thought the Shiner uh, Candied Pecan was good. Usually you don't have very good taste in beer. I have freaking great taste in beer. No, okay. Well, you're hit or miss I with mean, me. To, to, be, to be fair, it was my dad who um, got him point. on this one. That's so my, a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, My dad has good taste your, in beer. Your yes. dad does have good beer. At least dad has very good taste in beer. Did you know your dad is one of my favorite people to drink with? 
Good. You drink with like five people. Yeah. <laughs> but Ellie's dad is Ellie's dad is really cool. Okay, okay, what are we talking about? Oh god. Okay. I thought we would talk about the other big thing that happened in December of twenty twenty as we close out as we close out this shithole of a year. Probably gotta trail out sooner probably in this episode for the for that language because it's been a terrible year. Anyway, I thought we would talk about the the head of the Israeli space program that came forward and said that the United States and Israel has been in contact with aliens for years and in contact with the Galactic Federation. Were you guys aware of that? No, I, I was not. Yeah, well, it's because you're not on Facebook. That's why you don't know nah. this. Well, anyway, well, or an avid reader of the Jerusalem Post, which <laughs> apparently, apparently my subscription then lapsed at some point. I was very unaware of yeah, this. Yeah, the only thing you were when you see <laughs> Thank you.